May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning. And may the words from my mouth be just what we all need to hear. Advent was just a week away. So one mom thought that she'd test her kids and see what they remembered about the Advent candles. And so she said, who can tell me what the four candles in the Advent wreath represent? Her seven-year-old son, Luke, jumped right in and said, there's love, joy, peace, and... and... His little sister said, I know. She was five. She said, peace and quiet. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but peace and quiet sounds pretty good to me. It's the first Sunday of December, and it's already the second Sunday of Advent. It almost feels like we're rushing the Christmas season. One comedian who was tired of hearing Christmas carols in the stores before Thanksgiving said that he swore he saw a turkey in a pear tree this year. <laughs> Yet this season, Advent, is so important. It's time for preparing our hearts and our minds for the celebration of Christ's birth, even if it seems early. The kids in Sunday school told me that last week that it was a countdown to Jesus' birthday. That's what Advent is, and that's a very, very good way to define it. So once again, we turn to the old, old prophecies of Isaiah. And in his words, we, we see three important lessons that we can learn this time of year, Advent. First, we learn what God has done. Then we learn what God wants. And then finally, we learn our part in God's plan. So we'll start with what God has done. On a cold day in October of 1995, scientists at Harvard threw a switch that they hoped would connect us to other intelligent life in our universe. They launched what they called the Billion Channel Extraterrestrial Survey. And around the clock, a radio telescope at the observatory listens for a signal from space, even the faintest sign that might suggest that somewhere in the universe is other intelligent life. We can hear, with the addition of a second telescope, we can hear 100 billion miles into space. But so far, there's no response from out there. And that's after 27 years. Author David Yount says, the quest for conversation with the universe is nothing new. The first man and woman on earth finding themselves possessed of reason and curiosity looked to the heavens in wonder for answers. Why am I here? What will become of me? Christians believe that we have already had communication from beyond. It happened 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, in Judea. In the Gospel of John, the Christmas story begins with these words. In the beginning was the Word, capital W. Going back any, even further, the writer of Genesis 
said that God spoke the world into existence. So we already had, have had communication, maybe from somewhere beyond our universe. We don't know. Isaiah the prophet wrote, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Isaiah knew that God would reveal himself to God's people. God wasn't going to let them wonder forever. And when God chose to reveal himself, he did it in a very unusual way. He came as a human. Advent tells us what God has done. God showed us his nature, his purpose, by coming in the form of a baby, Jesus. There's a second thing we need to see. Advent tells us what God wants. Isaiah writes these words. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Sounds like they won't need weapons anymore. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Seems like it's human nature to turn from peace to war, from love to hate, from sharing to greed. What God wants is a new human creation. The old human creation always gives in to base instincts like violence, injustice, greed. One poet put it like this, God's plan got off to a happy beginning, but Adam ruined it by sinning. I hope the whole story will end in God's glory, but right now, the wrong side is winning. The wrong side seems to be winning, but that's not what God wants. God wants all his people, all of his children on earth, to live in peace and harmony with one another, to live in dignity with one another. God wants every child born into the world to be loved and cared for. God wants his people to be pure in heart and pure in their motives. God wants a new human creation. There's a Mexican prayer that describes the change that God would like to make in the human heart. It says, I am only a spark. Make me a fire. Camry, don't make me come down there, because I will. I'll start over again. I am only a spark. Make me a fire. I am only a string. Make me a liar. I am only a drop. Make me a fountain. I am only an anthill. Make me a mountain. I am only a feather. Make me a wing. I am only a rag. Make me something fit for a king. Advent is about what God has done. He's revealed himself in that baby in Bethlehem. It is about what God wants. God wants a new human creation, a creation with a heart of love all the way around. But God, but Advent is also about our part. We have a part in this work. Isaiah writes, Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. 
In Isaiah's day, like ours, things were not great. They're certainly not great today, are they? International conditions were grim. Hmm, that sounds familiar. And Judah was threatened by powerful enemies. Oh, also sounds familiar, doesn't it? Powerful military forces today are threatening other nations and even bullying them. Still, Isaiah said, O come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. He's saying, let's live as if the new kingdom of God is already here now. And that's our role today, over 2,000 years after Jesus was born. Theologians use this fancy phrase, realized eschatology. It just means to live our lives as if the kingdom was already established. Live with pure and loving hearts, carrying no anger, no hate for other people, no greed. Have a heart that's willing to share. Live with a commitment to root out injustice whenever you can, whenever you see it. Speak to it. Knowing that someday God's plan will be realized. To live in the light as if God's new creation is already here. But how do you do that? How does this happen? May I suggest it happens when we invite the Lord of Advent to be a significant part of our lives. When we do that, we discover again what God has, has to give us and what God wants from us. And we begin to see change. There's a story about a wealthy man who found great joy in collecting fine art from all over the world. This man had a son. The son also grew to enjoy fine art as well. And the father and son spent many happy years together collecting famous paintings for their mansion and filled the mansion with beautiful, famous paintings. But one day, war broke out, and the son went off to fight. A few weeks before Christmas, the son was reported missing in action. His father was filled with anxiety as he waited to hear what happened to his boy. And then it came. Only a few days before Christmas, he received word that his son was killed. He had died a hero. He had been trying to help a fallen comrade, and he himself had been shot and died. His father didn't think he could survive his grief. He had loved his son more than life itself. He couldn't bring himself to celebrate Christmas. He barely felt alive. And then on Christmas Day came a knock on his door. He opened the door, and it was a young soldier standing in the doorway. He introduced himself. And he said, I'm the one whose life was saved by your son. He had come to express his appreciation and to give him a gift. The soldier explained that he too was an artist, and he had painted a picture of the man's son. The father was amazed by the lifelike quality of that picture. It was a beautiful painting. It looked just like his kid. He hung it on the mantle of his study, and it brought him great comfort. It became his most valued and prized work of art, even amongst all those that were worth so much, much more in money. Time passed, and the father passed away. Art collectors from around the world came 
They were excited because this collection was up for sale and they knew there were many valuable paintings in that collection. The day of the auction, people crowded into the mansion, eagerly waiting for their chance to bid on some of these treasures. The crowd was disappointed when they realized that according to the man's will, the picture of his son was going to be the first piece to be auctioned off. Nobody wanted that picture of his son. It wasn't worth anything. They complained, they were impatient. They came to bid on real art, they said. Not some sentimental piece. Nobody made a bid. And finally, a friend of the family, a friend of the boy and his father, bid $10 for the painting. He'd been fond of the son and he knew how much that piece had meant to the father. But when his bid was accepted and no one, no one else bid, all the other collectors cheered. Finally, they would get a chance to bid on the important stuff, the paintings that really mattered. But the auctioneer put away his gavel and he announced that the bidding was closed and they were done for the day. All these collectors who had come from miles around were furious. Was he crazy? All he'd sold was one worthless picture of the old man's son. What about the rest of the art? The auctioneer pulled out a copy of the man's will, and he said, it's very simple. According to the will of the father, whoever takes the son gets it all. And that is what Advent is all about. God has revealed himself to us, humankind. Now we know what God wants. He wants a new kingdom, a new creation. He wants a world where people live in peace and harmony with one another and who care for one another and don't worry about greed and self-importance. And this is how it happens. When we take that baby, that father's son, accept him, we get it all. When we walk in the light of Jesus' love, we carry his coming kingdom in our hearts. And even in the rush of Christmas time and all the preparations that go into it, we realize the coming of God's plan. Come, Isaiah said, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. That's why we do all the things that we do for others here at this church. That's why we went down in October with a check for $2,000 to the food pantry. That's why every month we provide a meal to the people in the pad shelter. That's why we have our chest of drawers when we collect clothing for kids. That's why when someone stops by who's in a, a bad position and needs some help, we help them out as best we can. We do all these things. We love and serve others, knowing that that is how the kingdom of God begins and will continue and will grow. We love and serve other people. When we do this, we are doing our part to bring God's new creation that he wants to this earth. May we ever remember the importance of our part in all of this, for without us, none of it can be accomplished. Amen.